everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm Kyla, and right now we're in the middle of a five-episode series on different difficult emotions or uh, overlooked emotions, things that we tend to really reject in ourselves and in others, um, or the ones that are just like very unexplored, emotions that I just don't see people really engaging with in their own worlds and that I think have a lot of value and beauty to them. So last week was loneliness, which is, of course, my favorite thing to talk about. Love, love to talk about loneliness. So if you haven't listened to that one, you can go back. Just last week's episode was on loneliness and... Um, Yeah, I'm feeling excited about doing this because I am (laughs) kind of, I'm a bit of a martyr in that I'm happy to like name all of the dirty, deep, dark, uncomfortable things that I know other people are experiencing and I'm happy to just like speak to my own experiences about that and kind of open up that conversation Um, and, and hopefully allow other people to, yeah, feel more comfortable in their experiences with this thing. And while, of course, what I'm experiencing is not exactly the same flavor or way that you're going to experience it, um, I just don't believe there's ever, ever such a thing as someone experiencing a feeling that no one else has felt. Just, just, just too many damn people in the world for that to be true. So, uh, even though it might show up a little bit differently for you, we all have these things. So, yeah, I, I made a list of the five most uncomfortable things I've ever experienced or continually experienced just on my emotional spectrum. And um, yeah, I'm hoping it's it's useful for you to listen to someone speak to these experiences. And um, it's I'm not just really speaking about my own stuff, just speaking about the emotion in general. And it's definitely something that I see with the people that I work with when I'm doing facilitation work or public speaking and I'm facilitating these conversations around loneliness and connection in particular, uh, just seeing the ways that people really reject certain emotions within themselves or say, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this thing or it's ridiculous to be feeling this thing or no one wants to feel this way. No one likes anyone who feels this way. And I also say that type of shit all the time about these emotions. So I'm, uh, yeah, you know, this is, again, it's quite universal. So I'm hoping uh, that it that it serves you to listen to this. And thank you so much to everyone who reached out to me after the last episode on loneliness and shared some of your experiences with it. And what I heard a lot of people say is like, it feels validating to hear that, especially a lot of what I'd spoken to is that what's happening right now, at least in the United States with the COVID pandemic is... For me, I had said in my experience, this shit is getting harder and not easier. It's getting harder for me to like not be in connection with people and to not see my friends and to not have my normal life and to not know when that's coming back. Like that feels like it's getting harder. I'm, I'm not getting more used to it. I'm getting less used to it. And um, yeah, so thank you to those of you who reached out and said like, yeah, I'm feeling that exact same thing. And um, wow, it's so hard. I don't have answers for you. I don't have timelines and solutions and rainbows though I wish I could uh, both for my own sake and for yours but yeah just you know we're all going through some intense shit right now and so I'm grateful uh, that y'all have also given me the opportunity to be in connection with you in that way uh, and to to hear you say me too because that means a lot a lot a lot a lot so um today we're talking about neediness. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
Does that word make your skin crawl the way that it makes my skin crawl? Because I just, even thinking about this emotion, it's like, yuck, yuck. The feeling of being needy or like being told that you're needy, like, oh, it's so awful. I just feel like my organs like melting inside my body. It's so gross to be told that. Um, And... I don't think it's a bad thing. And I'll get into that in a bit. But I, um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about neediness is because it's something perhaps more than any other feeling for me. I mean, neediness is kind of a, a broad word to mean a lot of things like neediness emotionally, neediness physically, neediness, uh, wh- whatever it is, just like needing help, um, whatever it might be. For me, it's probably... If I, if I zoom out with that word and look at the many ways that neediness shows up, it's probably the thing I've rejected most in myself is just like the fact that I need anything from anyone. Um, I'm a, I'm a detrimentally independent person and it's something I'm like deeply, deeply, deeply working on. And, and I think with the past, um, I'd say maybe in the past year, is something I've like, that has been really thrown in my face. The feeling of you can no longer pretend like you can do this shit by yourself. No more. We're done pretending. And it's been quite sobering to think about neediness in my own life uh, and like the the rugged individualism culture of the United States, the rugged individualism that I feel within myself, um, the way that I've interpreted feminism, like the sort of new rise of feminism happening of we don't need no mans and we can do everything by ourselves. And I was raised with a lot of that mentality of all those things. Um, and it is very challenging to confront. For me, it has been very challenging to confront because, yeah, I like to do things by myself and I like to be responsible for myself. I don't like to ask other people for help. I don't like to rely on other people for help because they people disappoint you. And that's that's like my narrative. You know, I'm speaking from my narrative, not necessarily like what my uh, most evolved <laughs> self believes. And I think for me, what prompted a lot of my exploration of neediness was probably about uh, just under a year ago, like winter of last year, I went through a really devastating breakup of sorts and I started to get really good at like asking for help and like asking for support from my friends and it's it's actually crazy to me to think about that breakup in particular uh in comparison with a past breakup which was like objectively much harder like much longer relationship much more serious and much just you know sort of more intense all around and how I just didn't ask I literally cannot think of like a single time I asked anyone for help during the probably year long that it took me to like grieve that relationship. And I was just so individualized about it. And I still did a lot of beautiful processing around it. But um, wow, I think it was much faster to ask people for support and to ask to be listened to and to ask like, can I come over and cry on your couch with you? You know, um, asking for these things and having to let myself need people to let myself feel like I actually will not survive this by myself. I actually do need other people to rely on uh, in order to get through this and to just like give myself, like to let that idea breathe a little bit and to try that on. 
Uh, and that is really how I saw it. I'm like, let's just try this on. And like, I can always go back to doing it by myself because that's what I'm used to. And that's what I'm, you know, that's where my comfort zone is. And, uh, it was really beautiful to receive so much support and to have so many people tell me like, yeah, thank you so much for reaching out. That's, I know it's difficult to ask for help. I know it's difficult for you to ask for help. And so thank you for doing that. That is such a beautiful thing to hear when you're in that state of like, it feels so vulnerable to be needy. It's so vulnerable to me to be needy. Oh my goodness. So to start this whole thing off, I kind of went on a tangent there, but to start this whole thing off, what I want to do is actually read you something from the School of Life. And if you don't know what the School of Life is, then you should, because the School of Life is like my favorite organization in the whole world. They're based in London. I actually, I went to London last summer. It's my first time in that part of the world, actually. And I'm just looking up right now a summary of the school, like how to define them, kind of. But I I went to the School of Life um, when I was there and it was so amazing. It was like going to, it's like going to my church or something, you know? Okay. So to define what the School of Life is, they do all kinds of things, but how they define themselves is they're an organization built to help us find calm, self-understanding, resilience, and connection, especially during troubled times. We place emphasis on the need to understand ourselves better so that we can secure serenity and make optimally reliable decisions, particularly around love and work. So they do a lot of stuff with like emotional intelligence, um, helping people to understand themselves better. And I just, and they have a lot of uh, like card decks, all like question cards or games that you can play to better understand yourself, create more intentional, meaningful conversations with yourself and uh, with, with others around you. It's so amazing. So, so amazing. And so at my house, we have, we're big School of Life fans. So we have a lot of stuff, um, a lot of their card decks. One such thing is what they call an emotional barometer. And actually in the School of Life office, they have like a huge emotional barometer and it's pretty much just like a pinwheel with a bunch of different moods on it. Um, And one of the moods that they have is needy and they have like a description for each mood. And I want to read you what they have on needy because when we got this emotional barometer in my house, we got it, I don't know, probably like a year ago and reading the definition for needy like blew my effing mind. So I want to read it to you. Okay. Okay. If you are neither driving nor walking, then I invite you to close your eyes and listen to this. Okay. I'm feeling needy. It is a horribly harsh word, but we should learn to accept the mood, forgive ourselves for it, and make it our own. Although we are taught to associate maturity with independence, sometimes it is natural to long to hear, in the most reassuring and forceful tones, that we are still needed in another's life. The requirement to hear that we are wanted never goes away, nor does the dread dread of rejection. Within our psyches, acceptance is never a given, there can always be new threats to love's integrity. The trigger of insecurity can be apparently minuscule. Perhaps the other has been away at work for unusual amounts of time, or they were pretty animated talking to a stranger at a party, or it's been a while since sex took place. Perhaps they weren't very warm with us when we walked into the kitchen, or they've been rather silent for the last half hour. Even after years with someone, there can be a hurdle of fear about asking for proof that we are wanted, but with a horrible added complication We now assume that any such anxiety couldn't possibly exist. This makes it very difficult to recognize our insecure feelings, especially if they've been triggered by a so-called small matter, let alone communicate them to others in ways that might garner the understanding and sympathy we crave. 
yet we are never through with the requirement for acceptance. This isn't a curse limited to the weak and the inadequate. Insecurity is a sign of well-being. It means we haven't allowed ourselves to take other people for granted. It means we remain realistic enough to see that things could genuinely turn out badly and we are invested enough to care. We should create room for regular moments, perhaps as often as every few hours when we can feel unembarrassed and legitimate about asking for confirmation. I really need you. Do you still want me? Should be the most normal of inquiries. We should eradicate the damning and macho associations that hover around the word neediness and recognize the mood for what it is, a sign of maturity and health. Oof. <sighs> Just take a breath with that one. Oh my goodness. When I first read this, so obviously what they're talking about is, is neediness from others, just needing to know that we're wanted, needing to know that we're loved, and all the ways that that shows up. Uh, when I first read this, it blew my mind of like, oh my god, needing to know that I'm wanted, needing to know that I'm loved, needing to know that I'm liked is me caring enough about the relationship and understanding that like I could lose this person and I do I do want to know that this person still cares about me and and I love how they also point to just like the triviality that we often feel when it comes to our need to know that we're wanted and loved and liked and accepted and that we belong that like it can feel like we're being so uh childish because maybe it's, you know, again, yeah, maybe they walked into the kitchen and like they weren't super warm with us. Or maybe we haven't spoken as often as we used to. Whatever it might be, there are all these ways that this stuff shows up. And um, yeah, and the fact that like we beat ourselves up so much for this really natural thing to feel. And when I'm saying natural, it's like not even me sitting here and being all lovey-dovey, like it's okay to love and accept one another, even though, I mean, that's a perfectly legitimate mindset to have. But it's like when we think about us as primal human beings, it's a super, super primal feeling to know that you need to know that you belong because you might legitimately die without your pack and without the people who can love and protect you. A sense of belonging is not a nice to have. A sense of belonging is a necessity. And I just think of how many people are in the world, like so, 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 so many people who don't really feel like they have a, a place or a person with whom they really, really feel like they belong. And how even without that, even like one person, we can still give ourselves such grief over like, oh, I'm being too needy because I need someone or... You know, other people don't feel this way. Other people aren't needy. And I, you know, again, I'm, I am speaking from my own experience when I say this of like, I have the feeling that I'm too needy all the time. And I will also name that I think this is something that's far more often uh, a term given to women than men, people who are socialized as women. Um, and even in, in this description by the School of Life, they say there's like this macho association. Like if you're not needy, it's a macho thing. And uh Gosh, I mean, it just breaks my heart so much to think about that, that, like, we shouldn't need other people, like, men shouldn't need other people in particular, and, uh, and that when women need people, it's, like, a bad thing, uh, and it's definitely, like, I mean, I think there are a lot of parts to that, that, like, women are 
both women and men are not taught to like healthily express their, what their needs are and what their boundaries are with those things, with giving and receiving love. Um, so I have a lot of compassion for all of these things. And it's also just like a major effing tragedy that, uh, that we're not, yeah, that we're not taught those things. And then, yeah, we create a lot of challenges in our relationship and we show up in ways that are needy. And, and I'll give y'all an example of how this has shown up in my own life. Neediness again, like uh, there's a particular relationship that I have right now that uh, this comes up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And neediness, I think, is feeling extra intense in my world these days because my options for connection are so limited. I mean, all of us, are our options for connection are, are very limited. And so for me, the relationships that I do have in my life that are feeling like active and thriving at this moment, which are not many, but the ones that are, I feel like extra attached to them, extra needy with these people. Uh, and there's one relationship in particular that it has felt deeply nourishing to just like name that, to name my neediness. And one way that it has shown up in, I'll say like the unhealthy ways and then the ways that I've like created a much healthier relationship with the neediness. The neediness shows up unhealthily when like I'm feeling needy and I'm not expressing it. And then that the other person like doesn't have the opportunity to give me what I want because I am not asking for it and they cannot read my mind, which is infuriating. And, um, and then I feel resentful, I feel resentful of that person for not like giving me what I want because it's like so obvious and they should be able to read my mind. And then after the resentment, I feel deep shame, deep shame for like needing something from this person that and, and the story I create around it is like, well, they don't want to give it to me or else they would just do it without me asking. Yeah, it creates, you know, all kinds of stress. And then that person, and then because eventually the neediness comes out. It's like, well, I need you to do this and this and this and this. And it's not expressed in a way that is boundaried. It's not expressed in a way that is healthy. It's not expressed in a way that is clean. And then that person feels burdened of like, holy shit, where is all this coming from? And like, why is it angry? And why, you know, why is it so intense? And it would have just been a lot less intense if I just named it as it showed up. So that's typically how it goes for me when I am not expressing neediness uh, in a healthy way or, or rather, you know, I'm, I'm not interacting with my own neediness and I'm expecting other people to, to do that dirty work for me. I don't want to call it dirty work because I don't, I don't want to, you know, make this a, a bad thing. But generally when I'm in a state of avoiding dealing with the things that I find uncomfortable within myself, such as neediness, and then I rely on others to take care of that for me, it can be a pretty unpleasant dynamic. And perhaps you have experienced this yourself. <laughs> um, and so a big piece of what my like capital W work has been this year has been getting really, really intimately familiar with the part of me that is needy and better understanding what that looks like. And dare I say, even like loving all of those qualities. And so... Um, yeah, and I mean, like, really allowing for, like, the intensity of that feeling to come up of, like, for me recently, it came up in a sense of, like, I don't want to move my own muscles. Like, I want someone else to do that for me. Like, that's that's how, like, needy and weak and helpless I was feeling in that moment. And I just, like, let myself kind of revel in that and let myself really acknowledge, like, that is the level of neediness I'm feeling right now. And it's not bad. It doesn't mean I'm going to expect other people to take care of it. I'm not going to literally expect someone else to get up and, like, carry me around my home. But I 
to to just let myself sit inside that of like this is what I want right now and this like I want someone to feed me I want someone to bathe me I want someone to like yeah pick me up and carry me places literally just wanting to be a baby and it's amazing because in a lot of the relational and communication work that I do and the in the practices that I have as a facilitator and the other facilitators that I work with, this is a big thing that comes up a lot is like these things that happen, that these needs that we have as babies, as like quite helpless little beings uh, and how those same needs like remain with us <laughs> throughout our entire lives and um you know, if you've, if you've done inner child work, this is a big piece of it, but, uh, yeah, just acknowledging that, like, there are so many things that we need as babies that just remain true for the rest of our lives, and if you are like me, and you have had a severe, severe lack of touch, um, this year, with everything going on, with not being able to, like, hug all the people that you love, like, babies will literally die if they don't get touched within the first part of their life, and, yeah. And someone said to me when I was like, uh, probably back in like May or something, when I was like really, really feeling this uh, lack of touch in a, it, probably that was maybe like the height of it. I'm still really feeling it. But um, yeah, someone had told me like, yeah, your inner baby is dying right now because you're not getting the touch that you need. And like, that's a, that's a human need. Um, and so all of this is really to say that we are needy beings we are needy. How can we not be needy? We need help. And we come into the world being like super, super needy. We literally can't do a damn thing by ourselves. And just because we learn things throughout our life and we learn to take care of ourselves better and, and we learn to fulfill our own needs in ways that are really important. And, and I'm, I think there's a certain level of neediness that definitely becomes dependence uh, or codependence in a relationship and that's bad you know it's unhealthy for a lot of reasons uh that's not what this is about though today um but I think to acknowledge that like of course we need other people oh my gosh yeah again like this primal need for belonging and acceptance this need to know that we are loved by other people a need to ask for help when we're struggling, a need to ask for a ride to the airport, whatever it is. Um, I think there's there's a change that's happened, especially with technology, that like we should be able to do everything by ourselves. We don't have to go to the bank to deposit a check anymore. We don't have to call a friend to give us a ride. We don't have to ask someone to bring us groceries when we're too sick to leave the house. We can just order it. Um, and it's just so rapidly changed that we changed the way that we're needing things from other people. And this actually got talked about a bit in the conversation with Casley Killam. Um, the episode is called social well-being during a pandemic. And, and we talk about this, like our changing connection needs, um, especially over the last like 10 years or so and how those have just so dramatically changed and how it feels so silly now to need a small act of service from another person when like almost all of our acts of service can be completed through our phone. And uh, I think it's uh, more tragic than helpful, to be honest, that like, I, I, you know, as amazing as it is that we have these like really awesome conveniences in our lives, and I love all those conveniences too, it's tragic that we're learning to not need people. And I think especially with our relationship with social media, 
and how these are tools for connection, but not replacements. As the goddess Brene Brown says, tools for connection, but not replacements for connection. Um, it's like we're able to have these really shallow social interactions and sometimes deeper ones too. It's not like constantly that way. Uh, but generally having more shallow interactions uh, online. And then when we find ourselves still deeply needing connection, we're like, what's wrong with me? I'm so needy. I already spent all this time interacting with all these people online. Or, um, you know, even just yesterday, I was feeling that way. I had a really beautiful, beautiful deep dive with a dear friend uh, over Zoom. And it was so great. And I still left feeling like, wow, that did not fucking satiate the part of me that like is really needy. Um, It was, I'm really grateful that I got to have that piece of connection in my day. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill all of our deep human needs. It doesn't give the same like texture and richness to our connections with that comes with, uh, with in-person connection with like body language and touch and eye contact and uh, yeah, all the things that like our brains very much do need to register real emotional connection and give us all of those happy chemicals in the brain that remind us that we are loved and accepted and that we belong. And these things don't happen online. Um, so I'm being a little tangential right now again, but just knowing that like we are needy beings. And I think the sooner we start to interact with that, and to really love ourselves inside of that state of neediness and kind of get really familiar with like, yeah, I don't like, can I ask to, can I ask someone to like bring me food, someone who I know and love, not like a stranger on Uber Eats, but um, say like, I'm feeling super needy tonight. Can you please make me soup and bring it to my bedroom? Like, please, please, please. Um, and, and to just let ourselves be in that needy state. And it can be so just like delicious and indulgent to let that part of you really thrive in that instead of letting that part of you be so shamed and so suppressed because it's fucking there and it'll just get louder the more we ignore it. Speaking from experience, because I have a very loud, needy part that's been mostly ignored and suppressed and shamed my whole life. And I just really want to stress, like, if you're feeling needy right now in your life, um, then I love you and I'm with you and I hear you and I see you. You're just so not alone. You're so not alone in that. I think that most people feel like they're too needy most people are too afraid to like really express how much they need the people in their lives. Whew. Yeah, I certainly am at times. Um, and yeah, it's really difficult when we grow up in this culture that teaches us to be so individualistic and to be so independent and that like, that's what's attractive and no one wants a needy person, uh, you know, romantically or non-romantically, like no one wants a needy friend. Again, there are certain ways that neediness shows up in a really dependent way, really anxious way, for sure. We've all seen it. Many of us have experienced it. Um, But yeah, if we just start saying like, well, we are needy. I am needy. I do need people. And, And what are the things? And once we do that, once we say, okay, yes, I am needy, then we can go into like, what are the ways in which I am needy? What do I really need from my relationships? What do I really need emotionally? 
we can't actually get nuanced with it and to really understand our needs for connection until we admit that we have them and we're willing to accept that we have them. Um, and this is a big thing that I talked about in the last episode with loneliness is like how many people feel so lonely within themselves and feel so lonely not understanding their own needs for connection and feel so lonely in their relationships because they don't understand themselves and because they've never taken the time to understand what it is that they need. Um, and we can't just go around expecting people to read our minds and expecting people to fulfill our needs when we don't know what they actually are. And are there certain things, are there certain needs that I can fulfill myself? Are there certain ways that I can really take care of myself when other people are not able to show up for me in the way that I want them to, which will inevitably happen. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that like, just because you understand your needs and you're able to communicate them and ask for them, that people are always going to show up for you. And people are always going to come through for you and like do that in exactly the flavor that you want them to. That's not, that's not, that's not how it's going to work. But again, when we become more familiar with the nuances of our needs and the re- like the real specificities of them, then we're able to understand like how we can give them to ourselves too. And if you're listening to this and you're like, where the F do I start with all of this? I invite you that like ne- the next time that you're feeling dissatisfied, that you're feeling hungry for connection, that you're feeling needy in any kind of way, that you get really familiar with like the different levels on which neediness happens. So neediness could come through in like physical ways of like, do you need touch? Do you need a really nourishing meal? Do you need a giant chocolate chip cookie? Do you need a really heavy blanket on your body? Typically with neediness, like you can even imagine the energy of it. It's quite upward moving energy. It's anxiety. Um, and so we need to be grounded. So what are, what are those physical things that help you to feel grounded? For me, it's, yeah, usually like nourishing meals, chocolate, (laughs) always chocolate. Usually like really fatty foods are helpful for me. So like things with like butter or avocado or cheat, like dairy, these types of things can be like helpful to ground my body. Um, Or, yeah, again, heavy blankets, these types of things. Really, really helpful for me when I'm feeling that sense of neediness. And even when I'm, like, if I'm having a difficult conversation with a person, if if this is the type of relationship that we have where we are, like, touchy with one another, I, like, need that person to make physical contact with me the entire time and, like, not stop the entire time the the conversation is happening. Um, And I'll, yeah, I tend to get, like, hyper anxious and... Uh, yeah, it's difficult for me to like have a conversation that invokes anxiety without having like physical touch with another person. And if that's not possible, you know, like if that conversation is happening over Zoom or whatever, which many of them have been lately, then I know to like, great, I need to have my feet flat on the floor. I need to be like, uh, like touching my arms or like massaging my hands or rubbing my neck. Like I need to do something so that like my body is feeling nourished in that moment because those are my physical needs in my states of neediness. Other states might be like emotionally. And so again, this is the way that I see loneliness showing up so strongly with so many people in their relationships when they're just not getting what they want out of their friendships in particular is because they don't know what they need out of their friendships because they don't know what their needs are for connection. And so like when you're in that state of neediness, do you need someone to just sit down and listen to you talk? Do you need to scream? Do you need to punch something? Do you need someone to give you advice and like help you figure out a next step? You need someone to problem solve with you. There are very specific ways that we need to be listened to, but they are going to be different given every situation. For me, generally, I'm not someone who ever, 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 ever wants advice, but I know when to ask for it when I do want it. 
um, I was just having a conversation with my sister and she's the exact opposite way. She always wants advice. If she's having a problem, she wants to hear advice about it. If she's listening to me have a problem, she wants to give me advice about it. And we definitely like butt heads in that way. But it's actually really funny because, yeah, she'll start giving me advice. And I'm like, I'm sorry, when did I ask you for advice? I'm not here for this. And she's like, what else am I supposed to do? I'm like, just shut up and let me talk and cry. Like, I don't want anything else from you. And like that, that is what I need. I just need to cry and to have someone sit there with me and to not run away and to tell me they love me. Simple, 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 simple. That's all I need from you typically. Um, yeah. Or like, do I need someone to ask me questions? I love being asked questions. So sometimes like when I am in a state of, oh, I just want you to listen to me and not give me advice on things. Um, a lot of times I'll ask someone like, can you ask me a question? Because I do want, I just, it's again, it's a piece of neediness. Like I want to know that they're engaged and I want to know that they're listening. And so I'll just ask for that. Can you ask me a question? I'll tell y'all, You might be hearing this and be like, wow, this is very vulnerable. This is very needy to show your neediness in that way. And you're right. It fucking is. It's so fucking vulnerable. I will not tell you that that doesn't feel scary, even though it sounds simple to just like, oh, I just ask this person for what I need. Like, it's so scary because as we have seen, the, the acknowledgement that like rejection can happen, the acknowledgement that like things might turn out badly. That's why it's so scary to be needy because people might let us down and they will. And that's really hard. But we also have to let people surprise us. We have to let people in. We have to let them love us. We can't do that if we never let ourselves be needy. <sighs> And I'll also invite you that like when you're in a state of neediness and you're asking for something and that feels vulnerable and it feels scary to also just name that of like, oh, this is really difficult for me to do. Or like, I need some support and that's really hard for me to ask. And, you know, maybe that extra level of vulnerability is going to feel good to you or it won't. I don't know. I don't know you, but (laughs) uh, for me, it's really helpful to just say that of like, Okay, I'm going to ask for something and it's very difficult for me to do. So please just be patient with me. And and what that does for me in my relationships, what's, what, what that has done is it allows people to, again, have a better understanding of who I am. And so when I do ask for help again from this person, then those are the people who, when I'm reaching out for help, they say, hey, I know reaching out for help is really hard for you. And I just want to say, I think it's awesome that you did it. And I'm so glad you reached out. I'm like, thank you so much for trusting me. And thank you so much for teaching me that it's okay to need other people. I have one friend in particular who says this to me every single time I reach out to her. She always says, you teach me so much because you teach me that it's okay for me to need others. And you teach me that it's okay to ask for support and to not always have my shit together. Um, and yeah, that's that's a really healing, nourishing thing to hear when you're in such a vulnerable state of like, this is so, it's so hard. The fact that I need help at all is so hard. And the fact that I'm asking for it is also so hard. And the fact that you might reject me is so hard. And to have someone just meet you with like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Like, thanks so much for doing something that feels hard and scary. And you might be sitting here thinking like, well, I don't have those kinds of relationships. My friends and I, we don't talk to each other like that. It's like, that's how you build these types of relationships is you start to be honest with one another. You start to be honest with yourself, first of all, and you start to ask for what you need. And truth be told, like, people want to help us. 
Oh, people want to help us. This is a lesson I'm learning in my life right now. <laughs> I was just thinking about this a lot this past week. It's like, yeah, people want to help us, but we have to let them. We have to learn what it is that we need, learn to give that to ourselves, learn to get really specific about it, and then to let others into that. And to show up for others when they're in their needy state too. And the more that you're in yours, the more patience and capacity and love you're going to be able to share with others when they are in their neediness. <sighs> All right, y'all. I think there's a lot I could say on this, but this feels complete. I might just like continue rambling otherwise. So thank you so much for listening. This feels really... um. It's really scary for me to share these things because they are so personal and like I share a lot of personal stuff uh, in public, like online public spaces a lot, but uh, and and on this podcast, of course, and the other conversations. But yeah, this is, you know, a deeper dive and and it does feel scary. And so thank you for listening and for sending your love. And uh, yeah, share it with others if it if it resonates with you. Like that's the that's the most beautiful thing you could do is just spreading love and um yeah again thank you for listening i'll be back next week with the third of five difficult emotions that we will be going through and i'd love to hear from you if there are like specific ones that you think feel really like juicy uh or challenging for you then i'd I'd love to hear about them and speak to them uh and always i'm down for a connection of all kinds so uh that's that's me showing a bit of my neediness too at this moment it's like reach out to me and we'll talk like fuck yeah i'm really down for that i need connection so do you so um there you go all right y'all i love you have a beautiful day be kind to someone reach out to someone you love say that you love them say that you need them remind them that you need them tell someone that you need to be reminded that you're needed too because we all need to love and accept each other. This is a primal need. Okay, I love y'all so much. Be well, and I'll be back next week.